scrimmage. Here's Cora. Welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, is my trusted co-host, who's always here, all the time, the Southern Bear. Welcome, Aaron. How do you do? How do you do, neighbor? Uh, Where's that other guy that's usually on this cast? Well, there are rumors that he is... Seeking professional help because he actually enjoyed some picks made by some of his top haters in the league. And he's not sure how to cope uh, with this. He's never really had this feeling, I think, before. And I think he's seeking professional help as to how to deal with it. It sounds like he's getting a little touchy-feely inside and down low, if you know what I I mean. I think he's starting to lose his edge. I mean, and then based off his draft and where I have him and how he finished on his draft, could be losing a couple steps. Yeah, losing steps while potentially driving an F1 car. I have no idea what he's actually doing tonight. Yeah, he is he's helping his company. He's a company man out at Newton Speedway getting ready for some race that goes around in a circle. Nate, you probably know about it. You like those cars that go fast in circles. Yep, Nate's a big fan. Speaking of Nate, he made some trades. We may talk about those later. We'll see what happens, though. He's back. The GOAT is back. Everyone's talking about it. I went, um, gosh, where did I go? I think it was Hy-Vee, and people were just talking about it in the aisles. Talking about Nate's trades in that C2C league. I don't know how they knew about it. They probably followed him on Twitter. Uh, places buzzing. It's crazy. I was just at a, at a bar earlier, and uh, they were talking about Spears Hill, and I was like, I didn't know everybody knew about Spears Hill, but they were talking about the same trades. Well, well, let's get into it. Make sure you go rate, give us a rating, give us a review, all good stuff. We don't want any of the bad stuff. We don't want that bad juju. Okay, and Hell no, and go give us some downloads. Quick hitter, who am I if this is your first time listening? We have 
five clues. It could be NFL. It could be college. I'm going to run through the first three pretty quick because they're kind of hard or just interesting things. Uh, and then by the fifth clue, you should be able to get it. See if Join us at home. See if you can uh, figure out who this player is. So, Tweet, are you ready? Bada bing, bada boom, let's go. All right, clue number one. I am a running back entering my third season in college, and I have a Huggies diaper NIL deal. I may have given it away with a Huggies NIL deal. Are you are you up to date on your NIL deals? I, you know, I haven't been following NIL all that much, but uh, no, so... I am gonna. I'm gonna defer to number two for the diaper. For the diaper, or like clue two. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. I'm not gonna shit my pants. I'm going number two. I mean, all right. All right. Number two. <laughs> Whatever. Clue, clue number two. I was number 19 in the nation in all-purpose yards per game in 2022. With 131.85 yards per game, all purpose. Did you say so 19? Number 19 in the nation. So, top 20 guy, that's kickoff return, punt return, all that stuff. I still don't know. All right, number three. I wear the same number as an alumni running back and former back to back Heisman runner up. In 2026, or not 2026, <laughs> in the future, in 2006 and 2007, to maybe give you another clue. I was honestly just thinking how hard it's going to be to predict the future. Um. <laughs> so we have an alumni. 0607? 0607. Dude, that's when we were in high school. Yep. So, where's the same number as this alumni at their same school who was a runner up back to back years? 0607, 0607, alumni. Man, I, I, I am in the SEC West. So, the West. So if you're not sure who are in the West, we have Missouri. Oh, no, that's the East. I was going to say Missouri. We have Texas A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. Which teams do you think had a Heisman runner-up back-to-back years when we were in high school? Back-to-back. Texas A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Are there any teams you're crossing off right now? I mean, uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, those guys. I think it's between, like, LSU. Okay. And so, like, I'm thinking was 05 the Vince Young game. No, I think so. it was 06, maybe. 05, 06. So that was Vince Young and Reggie Bush won it that year. So that was the end of that. All right. 
This is the last clue. Hey. Last clue. Tweet often mistakes Pumbaa for this Razorback, but he's a warthog. So now I know you're trying to think of this Heisman winner or runner-up, but who am I? I am a Razorback. Yeah, it's their running back. Uh, Jeez, Raheem. uh, (laughs) I can't think of his last name. Ah, (laughs) Raheem. Ah, (laughs) he's on your team. Sanders, Rocket Sanders. Yeah, yeah, Rocket Sanders. Who Who was the runner-up back then? Darren McFadden. Oh, D-Mac. Oh, I forgot about those glory days. Him and uh, Felix Jones. Yeah. I thought about bringing – when I was doing my research, I didn't really want to put it in there, but I was like, ah, this is a blast from the past. And I didn't remember that he was a runner-up in back-to-back years. I did not realize that either because – I think I think the year before it was it was Liner and Bush and Bush won it. Liner Liner got second, but then I think Liner got first the year before and Bush got second, something like that. Because that's it's just kind of how it worked. But all right, well, it's funny because I actually just watched that thirty for thirty on USC the other night, and that's kind of how I was thinking those guys. But I was trying to remember the years. So I honestly thought you were going to say. Oh, it's funny. I was watching Lion King last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get into our NCAA news. We missed last week. I was out on vacation um, spending some family time. So, the big news is we had Northwestern fires uh, Fitzgerald. They had a investigation about some allegations. I won't go into all of the allegations, uh, if you want to, you can look it up, read it, whatnot. Pretty pretty wild stuff going on there. But they fire Fitz, Fitz uh, Gerald, and he uh, he originally had a two week suspension in July, which honestly would have been really bad because when he would have been getting done with the suspension, it would have been the Big Ten media days the next week, and that's would have been a whole can of worms to have a head coach going to after those allegations, but then it gets out to the media. And then all of a sudden it is, you're fired. It goes from two weeks banned to a fire. So I have some opinions on this and I'm going to try to keep them as uh, politically correct as I can. And to the point, but I think Northwestern was trying to get away with some stuff. They, they did the right thing in doing in the, an investigation, it's six months. And if you're coming up with two weeks, you obviously you're I don't question that they're trying to do the right thing, but two weeks suspension tells me that what you came across was like Fitzgerald didn't know about these things. And the only reason I believe he got fired is because it got out to further media and the president had to address these things. Once the president gets pulled in, it's like you working at your job. As soon as like your boss has to deal with stuff that you didn't handle, like that's just not mm-hmm. going to go well. So as soon as it gets to that, and it's you know what it all entails, it just seemed like that that was going to be the next step. 
mainly because you couldn't handle your stuff in-house. And whether, you know, I'm sure that there's parts of it that are fully true. I'm sure there's parts that aren't. There's probably something in the middle. Um, and while there was a person who brought it up, obviously it was their opinion and you can't like people's opinions are their opinions. Um, I feel like that's the reason he was fired and he will never coach again if he doesn't clear his name. So he has actually hired some of the best lawyers that money can buy and probably honestly Northwestern money can buy. Um, Cause they, I mean, he's a, he's been a head coach there for like 17 years. Like he's pretty much like a God, like Northwestern isn't good at football. He also played there. Yep. And like, they're not good at football and he probably would never lose his job. No, nope. because like, that's how much he matters to that program. They've won like one big 10 game each year. They played for and the he, Big Ten championship a few years ago, but oh, that's, yep, that's right. But like he's he's just never going to get fired. He has that job locked up. They got a new facility there on Lake Michigan. Talking about building a new stadium here, but that's probably in jeopardy. You probably aren't going to have a lot of donors donating a lot of money right now. Um, so that's probably not going to happen. And if he doesn't clear his name. He'll never coach again. So he's going to go. He, like I said, he, he hired some lawyers uh, trying to clear his name. And Northwestern is trying to get out of paying him. I think it's like $40 million or something like that for the rest of his contract. So uh, I don't think Northwestern was trying to find this as like probable cause. I think it just happened. And like, hey, we got to let, let you go. And the fact that he's fighting it and he even came out to the media and said, I thought I was being suspended for two weeks and then I just find out I'm fired. So I truly think he didn't know the extent of it. He probably knew things turning ahead. Uh, didn't want to know too much about it. Um, but I, I think he needs to get his name cleared. I think Northwestern is a very high, it's a high class school. As we know, it's hard to get into and, I think they did what was best for them as a school um, just to, to clear everything. And, I mean, it's a big-time school. Not maybe athletically always, but it's definitely a big-time school for academics and, and very prestigious to get into. So um, I think they had to make that move, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh you never know what a coach knows, what is happening in the locker room, and you never, maybe will ever fully know. But uh, it's going to be going to be interesting. This isn't the first time this thing has happened. Northwestern isn't the first school. It's not going to be the last. So we'll keep keep our eyes peeled, and we'll see if uh, Fitzgerald ends up someplace else. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, USC tight end. Deuce Robinson does not get drafted in the MLB draft. So one less thing to you don't have to worry about. I believe Grimm took him in our draft. But I am kind of curious on how he gets listed in fan tracks. So far, fan tracks is pretty much whatever the school website puts them as. That's what they designate them at. So far, ever since Deuce Robinson has committed to USC, 
every piece of article that has come out of USC has referred to him as an outside wide receiver. And that's how he's going to play. So I'm curious if he goes on the roster as a wide receiver, which then will mean in fan tracks, he will be a wide receiver, even though, you know, the recruiting services have him as a tight end. I'm not so sure he gets that designation. And that's got me. I don't, think he will play a whole bunch if he's going to be a wide receiver in that USC uh, wide receiver room. We also have DJU gets drafted in the 20th round. Maybe a good idea to maybe try a different sport. We will see. Something to keep your eye on. Then we have Chad, Joshua Cephas. He was suspended last year during the bowl game due to a crash. was charged with a DWI for that crash. So not sure what's going to happen from that. Suspended the last game. We'll see what his future is there at UTSA. Speaking of UTSA, Patrick, we have DeClorian Clark still recovering from an ACL injury that he had in early November. So not sure if he's going to be back for week one. So we've got a lot of Frank Harris, Joshua, C- like who is Frank Harris going to throw it to? We got Joshua Cephas. Is he going to play? We got DeClorian Clark. He's recovering from that ACL. And then we've got Brett Jarquiz Hunter. We have uh, SEC media days going on, and they did not comment at anything about Jarquez Hunter. He's not been suspended by the team or anything currently but they won't talk about it at all. So something to keep an eye on. Then we've got Tennessee, who the NCAA decided to come down on Tennessee for, I'm trying to remember who their head coach was, doing all the McDonald's bags uh, stuff. Well, they are not, they're getting a postseason ban of sorts. This ban includes what, if they happen to make it to a bowl game, there will be no commercials promoting Tennessee. That's it. And an $8 million fine. In my opinion, having so order, you have people, coaches buying players, which is now legal, gets that head coach out, brings in Josh Heupel. Then they have this great season where I'm guessing they probably made a lot more than $8 million. A couple more, yep. That probably turned out all right for Tennessee. So think about when you see uh, commercials for whatever bowl game Tennessee makes, you won't see Tennessee in it. So don't get confused. A Darnell Washington, I took the money and then left kind of thing, or? I don't know what it all stems from. There was, I don't know what incident it actually was, but there was an investigation and uh, their head coach was fired. Then he got put on from this. Also, he got put on like an administrative leave or something. So whatever team hires him, he has to have a one year ban. Okay. He has to get paid for a year and not coach. And then he, it's like probable cause. So like the school, whatever school hires him, they have to present it to the NCAA saying this is why he deserves this job. So you've got a coach that got caught 
at that point cheating that then you have to have a school go up to bat for the to get him a job that they already said, well, once he gets a job, then he can't coach for a year. Yep. So odds are he is uh, done coaching. Uh, then we've got today, you've got Jordan Addison driving 100 and f- driving his Lambo 140 and a 55 up there uh, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So not looking great for uh, Jordan Addison to start off his young career. I do have to say, though, with Jordan Addison, I feel I guess like that, sh- that should be NFL news. So I'm sorry to step on your toes. It, it's kind of NFL news, and I also kind of feel like he belongs on Team Tweet. Uh, we we condone things like that. Um, not saying we had Henry Ruggs on our roster, but we did. And uh, not saying what he did was right, but Team Tweet's all about the sketchiness. So, Patrick, well, if you're listening, come, come on, get get me some. Well, uh, since I stepped on your toes there, Tweet, you want to take it away with our NFL news? Yeah. Uh, we don't have a whole lot. I mean, uh, Mr. Alvin Kamara, speaking of jail. Um, speaking of Tennessee. Tennessee jail, <laughs> driving, whatever. Um, he's actually uh, he he pleaded no contest, which may be his best route. Um, we'll have a cop on the show here in a few weeks to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he's he's got community service, so he's got to you know clean up some graffiti in the town, and uh, then he's got to got to pay for some medical bills, hundred thousand dollars worth. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, dropping the bucket for him. Yeah. So, uh, not other running backs, though, if you know what I'm saying. Um, big uproar about that this week. We'll talk about that next week, though. Um, the question, though, is on, on the path of running backs getting paid, big uproar, people are mad. We got, we got a couple guys that are franchise tag that did not get their extensions, are they going to sit? Are they not? Are they going to play on the tag? Are they not? Saquon, say quads, whatever you want to call them. And uh, your boy, Josh Jacobs, too. Like My boy? He could be your boy. He could be Chad's boy. I don't know who's on Chad's either. Boy. He is not my boy. I think he might be on Ian's team, actually. He is on Ian's team. He is on Ian's team. Uh, Saquon, I believe, will be back by week one. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs, I do not think he's back by week one. I think he misses like two games. I I I don't know what to make of this running back thing. I know they're all pissed off about it and they're not getting paid, but like part of me is like, unfortunately, you play a position that's re- more replaceable than others. So and it's proven to be replaceable. Maybe not long term, but at least you can plug and play year after year. So the Patriots have done it for how many years? Um, yeah, take your money, take what you can get, and go. I know you want that long term deal, but what if the NFL players banded together and every single play in the NFL you get the you get the call in? All right, halfback dive. <laughs> Half back dive, and that's literally every single play. Pass play, pass play. Nope, we're audibling and we're all running it. 
How about that? The players unite. I mean, I'm all in for it, but I think these quarterbacks like that $48 million are making a year, so I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, they're still going to make it. They will, but you can't pay a running back as much as a as much as they want to be successful. I also don't think you should pay quarterbacks as much, but, you know, another topic, another day. All right, well, league news. We had 12 trades during what? the supplemental draft. Uh, we started on a Saturday. It went Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It finished in the wee hours of Wednesday morning, around 1 in the morning or so. So went actually pretty quick. I uh, thought it was a pretty good draft. We're actually not going to touch on any of these 12 trades. Precursor here in two weeks. There is a uh, a new person out there in the Twitter sphere. Let me see if I can pull up. We got a new guy? Yeah, there's, there's new people all the time on that bird app on the dot com out there on the interwebs. Jesus. Uh, Let's see here. Let me look real quick. Y'all going to need to go to www.tweeter.com. <laughs> so they he are is a sponsor of ours. They're paying us big money. Elon's paying us money. And uh, so, yeah. So um, it is called the Trade Portal, a C2C trade show. So all they're talking about are trades that are happening in C2C. I've asked him to come on and evaluate our trades before and after um, gave him the uh, information that a lot of these trades happened either on the clock or within like five ish picks of being on the clock. So we will do a, Hey, here's what face value. It was what 401 and 402 for this pick or these picks. Well, this is what 401 and 402 turned out to be. So how did you grade? Was it an even trade to start with? And then did it end even? Or did you make bad picks? Or did you see value and you ended up crushing uh, the deal? Or is somebody out there giving you a bad deal to start with and then just crushing you? Do we have any fleecers out there? We had 12 trades We'll get to the bottom of it in about two weeks. That so, Jacob guy, though. Well, yeah. what I'm nervous about is we had that Nate guy, who's the GOAT, start trading again. Whew. Has he been quiet because he's learning deep, deep, dark magic secrets and fleecing us all? I don't know. We had Grim. He made a lot of trades. Is he our fleecer? We don't know. I made a lot of trades. I mean, word on the street is I'm a, we, word on the street is I'm a fleecer, but you are. I, I think the truth will come out in that episode. So to, tune in, tweet. Let's get in to our interview. Whew. Five burning questions for you. One: What was your favorite and least favorite pick? from your own team during this supplemental draft? Man, oh, man. It's it's definitely a big question mark. Um, I 
I agree. Your team is a big question mark. <laughs> I think I think my personal favorite pick. I actually like Tez Walker in the second or the third round, three two. Um, he proved his worth last year with UNC. I think he's only going to be better this year. I think he's my favorite pick. Um, overall. Okay. Um, my pick for you would have been Jalen Rashada. You went up, you traded up, and you got him. Uh, I thought that was your best pick. I, I I love that pick too. I mean, I think the only thing for me is we'll see what happens, right? Um, right, right. So, uh, I don't know. I think I think in my opinion, I think my I I went for Val like points at this point. I, I was seeing some guys, uh, not to be named, going for some. Uh, Going for some point scorers uh, in round five, four and five um, ish. Oh, that sounds like you're a hater. Yeah, well, I'm a hater. So I went Samson Evans um, in in the fifth round, five seven. Uh, probably my least favorite pick of my own. I think oh. I may have went a little early. Okay. Him, but it, I was also going for a guy that is getting damn near 20 points a game as a running back. Uh, he's going to be able to ideally come in and play frequently on my roster and maybe, maybe help push me towards a little, little higher than third place this year. Cause that's all I get. So. Are you a little upset that you were able to get Marquez Cooper? Uh, at 7.02, two rounds later, who also has a lot of CFF production and value. Are you happy that you have them both on your team, or are you upset that your least favorite pick, Samson Evans, could have been somebody else? I think I think my least favorite, I think he could have been somebody else. Honestly, Cooper Lee going to seven, he's moving to Ball State. Um, what's his name? Came from Ball State. Uh, went to UCLA. Carson Steele. Yeah, lots of production there. Ball State likes to hand the ball off. So honestly, like Cooper being there in the seventh was kind of just a value pick for me. Um, because I think he's going to get a lot of run. Uh, very similar to Carson Steele, I think he's going to be successful. But, yes, yeah, so I, I would say me taking Evans in the fifth is more of a regret because I think I could have potentially had somebody else that could have had maybe more value in the future as, like, a, a Devi guy. Is there somebody that you were maybe th- – if you can remember back, um, is there somebody that you were considering there instead of Samson Evans? Ah, oh, shit. I, uh, if you can't, that's no big deal. No, I, I really but, can't. I had a big team pulled up and I had a bunch of freshmen in it. Um, I had some least, taken over me, but my know. least favorite pick of yours was uh, Brevin Spanford. Just, I think you could have traded back later and still got him. Like, I don't hate him as a, a tight end, I just hate. At eight oh four, when you had other guys still on the board like K 
Kendrick Roscano went at 805. I like him and yep. um, even had like Will Howard at Kansas State went in the 12th round. And if you like at that point, looks like you're getting a, you know, points wise, get somebody for your, your tight end spot. Um, but you had like Andrew Rapelier, probably not going to get you any points this year. So like, I like, I understand it, but then you also got Jalen Conyers in the 11th round, yep. which I like more than Brevin Spanford. So that was probably my least favorite pick of yours. Yeah. Better. yeah. I, I like Spanford. I mean, he's, he's a dual guy, so he's a big blocker. He's highly rated as a, as a tight end as the next level, but more as a blocker than he is as a receiving threat. But, um, uh, Mr. Big L, um, he went and took my guy, uh, uh, Caden, uh, Caden Freescorn out, yeah, out of miss went going yep. to miss. Um, I had him as my, you know, tight end's tough. So I had him as my high to, highest rated tight end to be drafted this year. And he literally took him, I think, one or two picks before me. Uh, Caden Prescorn went at 7.06. And then you oh, wait, no, I was waiting for him at, at the uh, the 8 1 pick, actually. Okay. At that point in time, I took a wide receiver at eight one, and then I was like, "I gotta get, I gotta hop on a tight end." So I'm gonna go for my next guy. So um, Conyers, I was kind of waiting on him. I, I think I could have interchanged those, but I, I wanted some tight end production. I think I got a couple guys that maybe can produce, and I can kind of filter in and out. So we'll see what happens. All right, who's a uh, Who's your favorite pick on your team? Oh, let's see here. Let's look at oh, my championship roster of a team here. Uh, I think my fa- my favorite pick was Justice Haynes at 201. Did not think he would be there at 201. Uh, had a plan for the second round. I kind of had an idea of like who might be going, and I just didn't think Justice Haynes would go. I thought Brett would take him. Brett did not. Um, and then I am just like water. I change my course because um, I would have taken Makai Lemon at 201 um, had Justice Haynes been off the board. Um, instead, you got Lemon at 2-7. Yep, instead I got him at 2-7. Uh, my least favorite pick would have to be Colston Loveland. Um, he was my last pick. Got him at 15-10. I had tight ends that I liked that I thought were deep enough that you all would not get any of them. Um, and who I was targeting, actually, Corey picked him, Dalvin Smith, uh, Western Kentucky. He's a hybrid uh, tight end, wide receiver. He went at 14-4, and Colson Loveland I took – at, I was going to take at 50, or I was going to take Dalvin Smith at uh, 15 6, but uh, Dalvin Smith got taken at 14 4 instead. So then I had to figure out a new tight end. Tight end's one of those positions. Like, I think he could be just fine for me and more of a Debbie guy. I wanted a 
producer in case yeah. uh, Brock Bowers gets hurt, etc. I th- I just think tight end in our league is like you kind of either have to really hit them hard or not early, but early enough, like the rounds eight through fifteen, right? If you really want that producer, you kind of got to go after them because they're kind of ran- they randomly disappear off the board as you as you go through, and you're like, wait, what? Like, why is he gone? But I think everybody's kind of searching for a tight end that can make a difference and not even just make a difference, but maybe put up 10 points a week in the college game. And they're going to overdraft just because they can kind of see that. So, yep. Uh, Question two, what was your favorite and least favorite pick among all non-tweet teams? Mm. You don't have to give me every team's favorite and worst favorite pick, just, in general, and you can take it as like this was my number one player. He went there. I like this or value wise. Yeah, so we're we're not going to go through every team because well, um, we don't have that kind of time. Uh, honestly, I, I'm super high on him. I, I like him. I, I, Malachi Coleman, third round, fifth pick. I love it. It's uh, probably my favorite pick. Partially my favorite pick because he was taken in front of me, um, which which is okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be all right after that. But I, re- I thought he was going to slide a little bit more, but I think that was a fantastic pick. Uh, good work, Nate. That's enough praise for you today. Um, and then you said least favorite pick. Yeah, your least favorite pick. Man, uh, it, it it's tough. Like when you over you you look at a whole a whole draft. I mean, I think. Kind of, it's so tough. I actually don't mind Grimm's Shadir Sanders pick. That's not bad. Or he was taken maybe a little high, but I think my least favorite pick out of the whole entire draft would have to be. Where's. I I feel like EJ Warner, Temple. Brett. Brett's pick no, there. Brett's quarterback pick in the fourth. I don't think it's a, a terrible pick, but I think he was way too high. I feel like there's a lot of value in that fourth round where you look at what was taken in the fourth, the fifth. This, I mean, Brett took him at 4-9. You think fifth, sixth, seventh even? There's a lot of value in some of those picks out there. I mean – so that would probably be my least favorite pick right there. So, what's up? My fit, my favorite pick. Um, I've actually got two. I can't narrow it down. But one is on Ellis's team. Will Howard at pick twelve ten. I went straight for value, like getting Will Howard at twelve ten. He's got two years of eligibility left. Yep. If he does really well, Kansas State doesn't have like a terribly hard uh, 
season this year. They won the Big 12 last year with Oklahoma and Texas in the conference. If he decides, if he puts together an okay season, maybe he's like that dark horse, like QB three or four for this class. That's going to be like a perennial backup in the NFL. Or like he does just well enough that he comes back next year. And then you don't have Texas, you don't have Oklahoma, and he just slays it his senior year. Um, I really liked that pick. The other one was, um, let's see here, what team? He went really late, too. Who picked him? Uh, Brett, I think it was. Brett picked Jack Plummer out of Louisville. Yeah. Picked 1409. Quarterback, he was at Purdue, goes to UCLA or went to Cal, and then and he was at Purdue with Jeff Brom, goes to Cal, then goes to Louisville to reunite with Jeff Brom. And Jeff Brom's quarterbacks in our league settings over eight years, minus so he's been coaching for nine over eight years, minus the COVID season because they only, they only played four games uh, there in the Big Ten. They average like twenty nine point like seven points, and I did that deal in our our podcast last year, two years ago. That like money number for your quarterback is thirty two. Like you're almost unstoppable at thirty two. If you just got thirty points, twenty nine point quarterback in the fourteenth round, that's that's money, and uh, I think Jack Plummer will be pretty good this year. And my hot take um, is Louisville also doesn't play anybody that difficult. They don't have to play Florida State, I don't believe, and I don't believe they have to play Clemson. Correct. Louisville goes to the ACC championship game, and if they play Carolina, Carolina's defense is awful, and Louisville wins the ACC championship. Boom. So who's your least? My least favorite pick is at the time I was floored because this guy does not make mistakes. He is just in the he's in like the jungle. He's like he's like a slippery snake. He's who? But it's Ian. Ian Christopher Vizina. He takes Christopher Vizina. At pick 605. I get it. He's highly touted. It's a sixth round. You're kind of taking darts. But Cade Klupnik is the quarterback this year. He can't. He's not draft eligible. He's going to come back next year. So you just took Christopher Vizina to sit on your bench for two years or hope for a transfer. When, I mean, granted, you got him four rounds later, but you could have taken Mayan Williams earlier. Trayshawn Wards, Kevin Coleman you took, um, mm-hmm. and um, other people that even went on other teams that are after that. Like, let's see here. I'm thinking like could have been like super valuable for you from a CFF standpoint. Um, Jack Plummer, Will, um, Will Howard. You have uh, – who else went later? Tamarian Harden, like Jacob's last pick. Um, Carson Beck, 
Sam, or no, he was taken. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options I feel like you could have taken, and I didn't really like that pick. The other pick by I the end of the draft, with that one just just because of where Clemson's quarterback situation sits, to be honest, like for me. So, sorry. The other one that, like, just at the very end that popped out to me was Brett took Robbie Ashford at 809. What are you doing, Brett? Oh, you're getting the Auburn quarterback. No, you're not. Peyton Thorne mm-hmm. goes for Michigan State. Like, Robbie Ashford's a backup quarterback. You just took the backup Auburn quarterback who's not good at 809. You could have taken anything else. Might as well just hand me the NCAA championship, Brett. Just give it to me. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brett, speaking of which, I have Peyton Thorne. I'm willing to give you Auburn starting quarterback for maybe maybe a draft pick next year. So we'll 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 connect and uh, we'll figure that one out. All right, burning question number three: What was your favorite value pick from any team, but your own? Ooh, like best value. Whew. I mean, why is it Cade McNamara? <laughs> um, I don't. I think I, I think I'm going. I I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with. I think value wise, and just because I think, I don't know. I just feel Mayan Williams. Um, personally. Hot dog what? Hot dog water. Yeah. I think his value in the 10th round, he had a very good year last year. The fact that he was still out there is kind of mind-blowing. Um, obviously, Henderson was down. But I think he still is going to get those red zone touches. He's still going to get those. He's going to be in the end zone a lot. Um can Henderson stay healthy this year? Ideally, yes, especially for your sake. But uh, I, I still think uh, Mayan Williams is is huge value in the tenth round, and I still think he's going to score a shit. I, I think he's ten plus touchdowns at least this year. So I think Ian's going to have a guy that he can plug and play and just throw him into his uh, flex spots and. You know, get 10-plus touchdowns. Maybe not as many yards this year because I think, what, he have like 900-some on last year? He had a lot, yeah. Um, So even if Henderson is fully healthy, I mean, we'll, let, let's cut. Let's say he gets 600, but I think he's still getting 10, 12 touchdowns. In the 10th round, I love that. I love that value. I love that, that guy that's going to be – Somebody you can throw in there and maybe get you two, three, four touchdowns in a in a week. So, um, I already talked about why I really like Jack Plummer as my value pick. So I'll give you guys a bonus value pick. Uh, Nate in Spears Hill takes Blake Watson, running back out of Memphis, transfer from Old Dominion. Yep, I believe. 
how he is going to be utilized at Memphis is he's going to get a lot of passing down work. He might even, he was a wide receiver out of high school converted to running back when he got to old dominion, caught the ball quite a bit at old dominion there last year. And I believe he's gets used out of the slot and racks up quite a few catches. And maybe he's one of those cheat codes that is a, Gets running backs picks, gets or gets running back touches and runs out of the slot. And yeah, I'm gonna go with Blake Watson as my uh, dark horse there. Like it. All right, number four. What the burning question is: Was Grimm's thirteenth round last year better than his ninth round this year? And to all the listeners out there, last year we had a manager, Grim, go out there and acquire every 13th round pick. Well, what did he do with that 13th round pick last year? Well, let's go over it. He takes Cameron Latu. This is not a tight end premium league, guys. He takes Elijah Brown, both Alabama um, tight ends. He takes Kale Vanderbush out of Iowa. Carson May, freshman quarterback out of Iowa. Malachi Corley of Western Kentucky. Arlen Bruce out of Iowa. Dane Key, Kentucky. Wesley Grimes, Wake Forest. Amari Winfield, Baylor. And Jaden Ott out of Cal. This year, he decided to acquire the whole ninth round. Did he do better? Well, you decide. Corey Dykes out of Maryland, tight end. Luke Altmeyer, transfer from Old Miss, going to uh, Illinois. Noah Rogers, Ohio State freshman. Eugene Wilson, Florida freshman. Uh, Naziah Hunter, freshman Cal. Cole Cabana, freshman Michigan. Eli Holstein, freshman Quarterback at Alabama. Lincoln Kineholtz, freshman Ohio State quarterback. Probably will never see the field at Ohio State. And then he got Jared Brown, Coastal Carolina wide receiver. And then he saved his ninth round. Just train wreck with J.J. Cole, freshman, Iowa State. Ooh. Tweet. What do you think? Did he do better in the 13th round last year or the 9th round this year? I'm going to ride 9th round this year. Okay. Why? Uh, I think he, he, he got Malachi last year. Mm-hmm. Which, which great pick, right? Yep. Jade um, Knott, great pick. Jade Knott, great pick. Yeah. Um... I think his multiple tight end strategy last year might have killed him um, a little bit. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind the Noah Rogers pick. Honestly, I think the wide receivers out at Ohio State they get so many of them. It's a crapshoot of who's going to be good or who's not. So I think he's got a good chance. But once again, crapshoot out of all of them. Um. I love the J.J. Cole pick, and that's not even from Iowa State. Like, me being an Iowa State fan, 
I think JJ Cole, I mean, we've yet to hear from the NCAA on the Decker situation. I think JJ Cole's better than uh I can't remember the backup's name. What? Oh. Who's uh, the backup? Backed. Backed. Hey, Jacob's here. Jacob, back from the circle track. God, he he was running races earlier. Uh, I think he's better than Becht. I I think J.J. Cole could could play pretty well there. Um, It's honestly a very big toss-up. I think he did a better job at drafting. You know, I I don't mind Altmaier, but they also are run first team, so we'll see what happens, but... I, I think, I'm going to venture – I'm going to say the the ninth round this year will be better for Graham in the next three to four years than his 13th round next year – or last year, sorry. I think I'm also going to take his ninth round this year just because he took stabs at skill positions and not like a whole bunch of tight ends like – who knows what's going to happen at Florida, but Eugene Wilson could be the guy. Like, he could be great. I'm okay with that. Uh, Cole Cabana, he might get, you know, maybe he gets a little bit of run in all these blowouts because Michigan doesn't play anybody really that hard till the end of the season. Like, he might get some run. Show. I think Cabana, Cabana has a chance to be the guy after those guys leave because I think so, they're both gone after this year, Quorum and Edwards. I, th- I think you are correct. So, anyways, I think he just took more stabs. While it might not, to some people, look that great right now, I think, like you said, here in a couple of years, I think it will bode better than his 13th round last year. Yep. All right, it's time for the last burning question. Rank your draft worst to best. And while you're thinking about that, everyone, Jacob is back. How was Newton? Jacob, it was good. Uh, the RVs are like showing up for the weekend, so I mean tonight, like I was stationed in like one of the pop up shops we have, which are actually kind of cool. They're just like little mini grocery stores, so they don't have to. You don't have to leave like the track area to go into town, like if you've been drinking, all that kind of stuff. So, what, uh, like, what did now, you have? Like, what products were at your station? Brisket. We had everything. Oh. Like we had hot dogs, brats, oh. we had hamburger, like we had wow. refrigerated coolers, beer, pop. Yeah, it was I mean they're they're actually pretty cool. Um but like tonight when everybody's arriving for the first time, they've already kinda made their plans. So no one's run out of anything yet. And it's really just we basically just sold stuff that people forgot, like ketchup. Yeah. People forgot buns. Okay, we got those. So yeah. Nice. Look at look at you go. I'll so do proud of you, Jacob. He's a company man. Hey, we're throwing a good event. Yeah, you're throwing a hell of an event. Really, is. I can't believe you're going to have all those people there to celebrate my draft. But I appreciate it. You, you, guys, are, you guys are throwing down some money on the uh, the music. <laughs> Well, yeah. Uh, Who's performing? And everybody who sponsors. Yep. Zach Brown Band, Ed Sheeran, Carrie Underwood, and Kenny Chesney. What? 
Wow. Yeah, like not not little names. It's actually like kind of a big deal. Luke. Yeah, it's, it's massive. I think last year we had like Blake Shelton. We had Blake Shelton and Gwen. Gwen. Try. You you hit. Do you get a do you get a monster. ticket to this? I turned down. I gave my tickets to someone else. That's that's tough with a five year old and a two year old. I mean, the concerts don't start to late. We don't have an RV, so I, I guess we could get a spot out there and just like hang out. <laughs> just have them sleep in the back of the car while you're enjoying music. Yeah. <laughs> All right, tweet. I've I've bought as much time as I can. We're running at an hour. We still got Jacob's interview to get to. Oh God! You know this is so long. I don't want to be here all night. Jacob, we'll probably end it. We'll do we'll do an interview with you later. We'll put it on at the end. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm ranking best draft or worst, worst. draft the best. Yeah. So why are you at the bottom and I'm at the top is pretty much how we're going to start. Or me. Yeah. Oh. Okay, why is Jacob at the bottom and I'm at the top? All right, Jacob can be at the bottom if he wants to be. It depends. Like, are we ranking one is the best or tenth is the best? Because either way, I was the best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so my least favorite draft. I'm going to go Corey first for the least favorite. So he's he's in tenth. So Corey's draft. he, he got my boy Tez, but don't love it. Carson Steele, don't love it. Um, so I, mean, I tried to warn you guys, like the first highlight. Don't don't take Carson Steele. I tried to warn you guys. I I did my best. So I got I got I got Corey. Who's a good Who's a good replacement for Carson Steele? Um, Kobayashi. Like who's going to be that guy at UCLA? It. Could very well be one Tamarian Harden, TJ Harden. Hmm. I'll have to look into him. Yeah, why don't you take a look into him? So Corey's got my least favorite draft. Then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go up from there. My second least favorite draft is going to have to be one. Uh, I'm gonna have to go, Chad. I love Dante more, Ooh. but I'm, I'm going Chad out, out out on the on the second worst. Why do you hate Chad so much? Is it because he likes the Raiders? Primarily, yes. Um. So after Chad, I am gonna have to I'm gonna have to go on and get getting Brett. Okay. Um. Brett had some picks. He had more value at some of his picks than what he took, um, for sure. So, what did you think about Taylon Green at one nine? Way early. I think he could have had him fourth, fifth round at least, if not longer. Um, same thing with EJ Warner. I think those guys. Maybe overdrafted. Maybe maybe EJ was in the right spot and Taylor Green wasn't. So I think there was a. I mean, there was a lot of value at his one nine picks. So from there, 
I'm going to have to take, uh, man, I'm, I'm taking Grimm for the next. Um, Grimm shoots himself in the foot without having higher draft picks. Like, cool, you have all these ninths, but cool. Not anywhere close to being everybody else's. I could actually probably interchange Grimm and, and Brett's, to be honest with you. Um, after that, I'll go, you know, whew. I like, I like Nate's next. Okay. Nate didn't have a whole lot to deal with, but he did very well for what he had and his higher picks. I actually don't mind the Childs or the Novasad picks. Malachi Coleman, I think he went heavy at the beginning, and then obviously at the end he had to get guys that can play because he had nobody that could play. So I don't mind Nate. I'm gonna then from there I'm going Ian. Uh, Ian's drafts pretty solid. Um, I do like Joe Milton. I I do like two ten for Ruben Owens. Yes, I mean. Not my favorite guy, not even my favorite three guys, four guys, but at 210, let's go get him. And then Branch, obviously, in the first round. I, I really like that a lot. So then that only leaves you with three guys left. Who, and they happen to be the three that are on those three guys. And they're, they're all on this podcast. I honestly mm-hmm. thought Jacob would have been lower for you, being a hater that you are. <laughs> you know, as a hater, as a hate her, um, I I honestly was upset at, at Jacob a few times. He took a few of my guys pretty early. Um, who who were they? Hey, I Let's guess hear it. My guys, though, right? They were they were our guys. Well, no, they're on my team. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. Uh, I I was a huge fan of Caleb Jackson, honestly. So I didn't have a second round pick. Um, so I thought he traded for one. If you really wanted him, you could have traded. Well, I could have, but I thought he was going to maybe slide into the third round, and then Jacob just snatches him up at two five. Love that pick, love it. Um, I did like the Gatson pick too. I mean, I was kind of holding out hope he'd he'd slide into the fourth, but because I think I had four one, yeah. Yep, so you traded I, up. You traded up for four one, thinking I could maybe get Gatson. Jacob took him right in front of me. So even but, sweeter. But but to be honest, like those are two great picks. I, I like those guys. Um I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say my draft. I'm gonna put myself at third. Um <laughs> so I, I really like what I did with a freshman personally. Um, I got I got my guys that I wanted, and I think I I I went heavy on the quarterback a little bit, but I have to because a lot of my quarterbacks are leaving, so I'm trying to pave the way for the next class. Um, so ideally, one of these guys are. Two or three, all three of them are going to pave out and be all right. Um, so, those who are listening who are unaware, he took uh, Nico Alamueva, 
Yep. Uh, 108, he took Jalen Rashada at 402 and Austin Mack at Washington early in early at 508. Yep. So for me, I'm kind of playing that future game with those guys. I have a steady quarterback situation right now, but after this year, it's questionable. Um, so I went pretty heavy there. Uh, took some guys, some freshmen out there too, quite a few freshmen running backs. I'm hoping some of them pay off and wide receivers. But I I also took some heavy scores. I mean, I think we talked about Marco as Cooper. Uh, we took we talked about Samson Evans. Um, those guys score damn near 20 points a game. I, I love – oh, I don't know how to say his name. Odu Hilaire, Bowling Green's wide receiver. I think he's going to score some big points this year. Um, but that's kind of just for me this year. I'm going for that championship. So I would say my number two – is going to have to go to Jacob. <laughs> um, oh, look at that hater. He hates you, Jacob. I does. I actually I know I love Jacob's draft. I do. I, I love your fresh you took a lot of the guys I really wanted, but I think the only reason I think you are you're you're not chasing, but you're kind of chasing points because you haven't been for a while. So I think you kind of just went after a bunch of points, which I I love it. Like I'm I'm happy to have Jacob on board with my my kind of draft situation, but I I do. I mean, overall, great draft. I'd say one A one B. Luke's draft, of course, is great because he dra- he trades for all the first picks and everything. Um, odds are this is the first year Luke, I think, drafted well. Because <laughs> mainly because he he took Quinn Ewers last year and uh, he took the guy that he traded to Luke and then some other guys that really didn't matter. So... I, I really like Luke's draft a lot as number one, but one A, one B. You guys, you guys, you cooked it. Um, you are such a hater. <laughs> sorry, sorry for giving you the second rating, Jacob. That's yeah, bullshit. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like your draft was great, but honestly, not as good as mine, Jacob. That's so wrong, and you're a hater. Like both of you are haters. Now I got four haters in the league. <laughs> I think you just put you you pushed hard because you didn't have the producers. Yeah, but they're also Debbie guys. Yeah, I wasn't G five until like, like dude. I could have rated myself above you. Stop it, tweet. I'm not going to defend myself on this podcast. I'm just going to say. Watch what happens. Watch the magic of this draft. If you don't make the playoffs this year, man. If I don't make the playoffs, it's because I traded away some pieces. (laughs) And you heard it here first, folks. (laughs) All right. Spoiler. Peek behind the curtain. We did the interview with Jacob. 
last night because I wasn't sure if he'd be able to make it on tonight. Um, and I don't remember if I did my rankings did. or if I did any. What did I? I don't think so. All right. Well, here I go. Worst. First, do a recap of tweet. He went bottom up. Corey, Patrick, Brett, Chad, Grim, Nate, Ian, himself, Jacob, Oof. and then yours truly. Uh, my uh, number 10 was Corey. I think we're there in lockstep. Then I went with Brett at number nine. Uh, a lot of what tweet and then what you guys will hear later here with Jacob, I agree with. So I'm not going to belabor the point. We're running long. Me and Jake's interview is uh, pretty long. So at number eight, I went with Patrick. He didn't have many picks, but I thought he did really well with those picks. Uh, number seven, we got Grim. Six, Nate. Echo there what tweet said. Uh, five, Chad. I liked his college producers that he did get. Wasn't crazy about the tight ends in the seventh round, but got Kedrick Roscano that came there late. Uh, I think I talked about it there in uh, Jacob's interview. But four, went with that snake, Ian. Uh, then at three, went with Tweet. Another Two, hit. Jacob. Wow. And then truly at number one. I mean, just cut me a piece of that humble pie. Some would say Luke and I talked about this before. Because our rankings are fairly similar. But we didn't. We didn't. We didn't at all. Here is our clip from our interview with Jacob. All right, Jacob. The draft is over. Yep. We've got. Five burning questions for you. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I was born ready. Well, based off the draft, it looks like you were. Yes, I had a good one. Question number one. What was your favorite pick and your least favorite pick from your own team in this draft? So my favorite pick was probably getting Ronda Gadsden at 310. Um I feel like that kind of opened the door for me to not just have a competitive team, but to have like a, okay, this is a real contender to win the college side. If I can, if I get him. And then I think a few picks earlier, I got Riley, Riley Leonard to kind of shore up the quarterback situation. So that's got to be my favorite pick. Yeah. You got Riley Leonard at three Oh seven. Then um, around a Gadsden there at three ten. Yeah, for those guys to be sitting there in the third round, I was just like, okay, I can actually I can compete this year for sure. And then my least favorite pick was actually Malik Benson at 503. And I think the reason that I'm hesitant is just because we've seen this before where a guy moves up in competition and they aren't what you thought they were. And it's not like Everybody wants to talk about Alabama's wide receiver room being a mess, but there's a lot of talent still in that room. And so it's really going to come down to that pick's going to basically be good if he sees the field and he's starting every game. The other thing, you've got the wide receivers there, but who's throwing them the ball and how does that look? So 
you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't get it there, then what's it matter? So, yeah, and I think I think the volume will still be there for maybe one Alabama wide receiver, but is he going to be that Alabama wide receiver? Is kind of the, the big question mark for me. I think based off of his speed, if they can get bubble screens, you know, do stuff like that, end arounds, crossing routes, I think that's going to be the best way to get him involved. He's so fast. Yeah. I, the, the problem is they just have like four guys that are extremely fast. So, <laughs> All right. Question number two. What was your favorite and the least favorite pick among all non-Jacob teams? You don't have to do each team, just all of them in general. Favorite and least favorite. So my favorite pick was made by one of our league's active Jacob haters, um, Dennis Grimm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you feeling all right? You're going to get You're feeling okay. Listen, if my haters... if, if you are listening to this podcast while you are driving, you need to pull over. We don't want anybody to crash. We don't need any pileups. Jacob just gave Grim a compliment. I I mean, I guess we're not done totally yet, but we'll pull over. So Grim, huge hater, um, doesn't believe in my team, doesn't believe in me. But uh, my favorite pick was Nicholas Harbor at 501. Um, he kind of kept dropping in our draft, but would it really surprise anybody if he's kind of the crown jewel that comes out of this entire freshman class? He's got all the tools in the world. I get, I get the argument against him and the risk, but there is absolutely the ceiling there where he could be the number one guy in this entire class. I'm hesitant. I wasn't touching him. I ultimately think he goes and plays defensive end at some point in his college season. He's not going to play defensive end, though, if he's running track. Correct. But I think when he tries to go do the Olympic stuff and finds out like he can't do that because I feel like he's in the tweener of like – I can't remember what his weight is, but real big. It's like 240. Like probably not going to win and like go to the Olympics. So then he's going to focus on football, which then at that point, I think it's going to be packing on more pounds. And then he ends up going to defensive and just my thoughts. I think he's going to have to make a decision eventually. But if he's really going to pursue the Olympics, he's got to, he's going to slim down and he has a legitimate like Olympic future. If that's what he chooses to go and do. Yeah, he just can't do both. That's the problem. Yeah, he can't be at 240 and then competing, you know, in the 100. No. So we'll see how that goes. All right. What was the least favorite pick? My least favorite pick was from another league hater, and that was Tweet. Cameron Cook at the 308. It's a little high. Many, I don't know how many times we need to see it, but – here you are drafting this 185 pound running back who's not exceptionally fast or anything like that just because he's going to TCU and Kendra Miller just left. Well, they brought in, you know, Trey Sanders. I mean, this is full on helmet scouting by that hater. Well, I mean, 
it kind of makes sense. He likes Tez Johnson, not enough to draft him. Yep. Small guy. Then goes and gets Cameron Cook. Small guy. Small guy tweet. Small guy tweet. All right, let's go to our third burning oh, I forgot. Oh. He also, remember, I believe early on he traded for Calvin Austin. Or it was it two two Atwell? Two two. I think it was two two. He likes him real small. <laughs> what was your favorite value pick from any team but your own? So the one I wrote down was uh, Ian taking another hater, Ian. So um, am I a hater? No, it's just those no. three. Those just three. those three. Okay. Yeah. I just, I'm curious at this point, how many haters you have? Is it the entire well, league? It's probably about six in the league. But I'm, <laughs> the only ones that I'm going to call out as haters are those three. Okay. There's probably three more though. <laughs> so my favorite pick was Ian, uh, or my favorite value pick was Ian taking Mayan Williams at the 1005. Um, he does really well when he gets the ball and when he gets opportunity in college so he can produce points. And then there is the Debbie upside still there too. And he got that in the 10th round. So mine Williams is a big boy. He's probably, you know, first and second down running back in the NFL. He's not going to have a full, you know, three down roll or anything, but I just think it was a good pick for, for that point in the draft. I agree. I agree. The burning question the league wants to know last year, your hater, probably your number one hater, Dennis Grimm. He's a number one hater for like eight, nine people in the league. And he's, if it's at nine, he's, he's the only, one. that's all of them. Maybe he is his own hater. He likes that chip on his shoulder. Maybe he's 10 out of 10. He might be 10 out of 10. So Grimm accrued all of the picks in the 13th round last year. This year, he acquired all the ninth round picks. The league wants to know, Jacob, was Grimm's 13th round picks better than his ninth round picks this year? Hindsight 2020, yes. But what I will say is like, Last year, I would have felt the same about his 13th round picks as I do about his ninth round picks this year. I think the tough, it's going to be tough for his ninth round to beat his 13th round last year just because he did get one promising freshman out of it in Dane Key. And then he also got um, Malachi Corley. Yep. Who turned into, you know, kind of a college, he's a top three college wide receiver. Yeah, he's a stud. Yep. To find that kind of production that late is what I don't think will probably happen this year because I think he used seven of those ten picks on freshmen. So the odds of any of them just being super producers right out the gate is true freshmen, next to none. Um, Yeah, and I question using that many picks on freshmen that late after everybody in the league has passed on all these guys for eight rounds. Yeah, so let's quick uh, – I'll do a recap, I think, of Grimm's uh, ninth and 
thirteenth round picks uh, when when I'm with Tweet tomorrow. Spoiler alert: Jacob unable to make it to the podcast. If you've made it this far into our podcast, not realizing that we've chopped this up, um, so I'll let the league know and all of our listeners across America and uh, Europe, Canada, Australia. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Let them all know uh, who Grimm took in those rounds. So those of you listening can uh, judge for yourselves. Our last burning question for you before I let you go. Rank the draft from the worst to the best draft. Manager-wise. Start with the worst. Well, what what do you want to do? Start with the worst. Let's start with the worst. Let's start with the worst. You want me to start in the middle, and then we get confused. <laughs> let's let's start with the worst. Let's All get right. them out of the way. So worst draft goes to Corey. You can't draft three Iowa players and not get the worst draft. Even even Grim knew not to do that. Just can't happen. Second worst draft goes to Brett. Can't be taking Taylor Green at one hundred and nine. That's just the – I mean, I I like Taylor Green, but at 109, it's just a little bit – that's icky. I mean, you passed – you know, give the listeners an idea. You pass on uh, Makai Lemon. You – let me go here by round. Let me sort real quick. Pass on Justice Haynes, Jurion Dickey, um, Cam Selden, Hakeem Williams, Caleb Jackson, Jackson Arnold, Makai Lemon, Carnell Tate. Riley Leonard. <laughs> Riley Leonard in the third. So, um, quick question after uh, you mentioned Brett here. Is this the start of Brett's demise on the college side? Yep. He didn't, he didn't do enough like college production-wise, I don't think, and then – He's got a lot of guys graduating next year, I think. Yeah. Who knows with the COVID stuff, but. Debbie-wise, I don't think his roster really has much of anything. Taylor Green might be his best Debbie asset. And I don't think he really is. Woof. All right. So we got Corey, Brett. Then who? So this. So then. 10-9. Okay, coming in eighth, but third worst. So however you want to look at it, if you like small numbers or big numbers, um, we got Grimm. He had the best pick in the draft. He also had the third worst draft. Why do you hate Grimm's draft? I mean, it was basically the ninth round, and I just don't think that's a very good strategy. I don't. I don't really care for the freshman that he got. He basically came out of it with an elite athlete at wide receiver or tight end, potentially playing defensive end or running the hundred in the Olympics. And then a tight end who might be a baseball player. Definitely swung for the fences, but uh, I think JJ Cole saved his draft in general there at pick nine ten. Known Iowa lover takes Iowa State quarterback JJ Cole. 
I mean, be, I'm an Iowa State fan, so that'd be really cool if he was good. But even then, J.J. Cole is not like – I just don't see him as like this prize of a pick. All right, moving on to number seven. So coming in seventh, we had Patrick. Patrick traded away a lot of his picks. Um, so he only had like six picks, but I actually kind of like all the players he took. So I, I kind of struggled with where to put him. I did as well. Because he kind of, I mean, he took good players. Headliner by 101, Arch Manning. Yes. Texas third string quarterback. Texas third string quarterback, Arch Manning. Are we sure? We're sure. We're positive. What about by week three? Yes. Still number three. Practice three of week four. Maybe he's up to two and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So then uh, coming in sixth, we have Nate. Nate Nate took a paint-by-numbers approach, and he just kind of took what was left, took a lot of freshmen, um... I could actually see his draft like being way better than we than we think right now, just because he was kind of. I mean, how many players did he take? Like twenty. I didn't even think twenty-five. Was... He had twenty-five. I didn't think he was gonna have enough to field the team. He, I he didn't could... think he was gonna fill out a roster, and then he just starts making these trades, and he takes twenty-five guys. The goat's back. Nate's trading. He's back. And I think I put him at six just because like he took so many picks, I wasn't gonna look through them all. <laughs> so then at five I have Chad um, There were portions of Chad's draft That I really liked I liked his late pick on Carson Hansen He got his guy um, Did he, he was the one that took Dante Moore right? Correct Yep. Got Dante Moore A lot of people think he's the best quarterback in the class Sorry I'm pulling it up here Yeah so he went Dante Moore Caden Prescorn, Brady Hunt Kendrick Rosano, or Roscano. Some people are real high on him, too. Yep. Jeremiah Love, Carson Hansen, Carter Bradley, Will Howard, Luke McCaffrey, Jonte Wester, Frank Peasant, and Day-Day Hunter. Yeah, and then he did his, his weird G5 stuff there. But, <laughs> I mean, some of them should score well for him. So, I kind of liked his draft. Comes in at five. Then at four. We have um, someone who's usually on the show, but he couldn't make it tonight. (laughs) He's also a hater of mine. Uh, Tweet. Put tweet at four. What did you... I I guess at this point, what did you like most about Tweet's draft to put him up there at four? Or what kept him from like three or, or whatnot? Number one, he got Nico was my QB one. So is that why you passed on him in the first? Because he's yeah. your QB one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Make sure. Did I I mean do I need a quarterback? Yeah. You need all sorts of things. I don't think my quarterbacks are okay right now. Um basically then I like this pick of Jaden Rashada in the fourth round. For whatever reason, Jaden Rashada has just like fallen in drafts. 
and he was a borderline five-star quarterback at one point. I, I think he traded for that pick too. Saw yeah. the value, went and went and got it. So I like that pick, and then Devontae Walker. I'm not, I'm not the believer that a lot of other people are. Um, but then he kind of followed it up in the fifth round with like Samson Evans, who should score a ton of points on the college side at the very least. Then he comes back around, gets Dontavious Braswell, who some people like. Hilaire for um, Bowling Green State. He's going to score points. Yeah, I just thought it was a pretty solid draft outside of Cameron Cook. All right. Top three. Top three. Coming in three. We have Ian. Hot dog water. Another hater of Team Jacob. Team Boogeyman now. I mean, you've changed your name about five times. The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. Okay. Yes. Does that annoy you that I changed my name? It does not annoy me that you changed your name, but I think by about week seven, you're going to be like the Boogerman because your team's going to be garbage. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't believe that. So, Hot Dog Water, Ian, Chief Hater, comes in third. Um, he started off with Zachariah Branch, Ruben Owens, Lenore Sellers. Um, I mean, from a physical tools perspective, you can see why people are so high on Lenora Sellers. I know you mentioned before the show that you thought that was a little early for him. Is what it is. Get your guy at some point. Um, yep. It's just a lot of projection in the third round when there are some other names out there. But like you said, go get your guy. That's what this this whole draft is. Go get your guys. Yep. And then I hope this isn't one of his guys, but he went and got him at 306, Joe Milton. This is Ian went like hot and cold, like where I'm like, oh, that was a great pick. And then, oh, I don't get that pick. What don't you like about Joe Milton? What I don't like about Joe Milton is he's like 28. And um, we're just basically helmet scouting at that point because we're basically saying that Joe Milton is going to be 90% of Hendon Hooker. And we don't actually know that at all. So to take him in the third round with some of the other people that are like available, I just – I didn't like that. I would have preferred that his fourth round pick was taken there in Roman Hemby because I think Roman Hemby has some Debbie upside and he's actually going to score you points. Joe Milton, he might get replaced by Nico midway through the year. Took a lot of swings, like, like you said. We got Seller and Milton there. Then I love uh, – I was a big fan of Shelton Sampson. He got him at, in the fifth round. Then he took Christopher Vizina, I think, it, in the sixth round. I think that's just like – at that point, you're just looking for a freshman quarterback. I don't know. I haven't really heard too many people who are like big Vizina fans after watching him. So, obviously, he could prove everybody wrong. But Then he goes and gets J. Michael Sturdivant. There uh, in the 13th round. I like that one a lot, too. It's a good pick. Because, I mean, you're basically getting UCLA's wide receiver one in the 13th round, and that's a pretty primo position. It's like getting UCLA's uh, starting running back in the last round. Who would have done that? I think I did. Sad. <laughs> so, we're down to the top two. 
Why are you the second best draft? I'm the best. <laughs> You're the second best. You okay. the second best draft. I don't believe that one bit. But, but if we're also but, being honest, if we're also being honest, this is just like last year where we had a ton of picks early in the draft. And if we had bad drafts, we're terrible. So I'm looking here. You had three first round picks, five second round picks. And then you still had like a four of two fives and a seven. I mean, if if you don't have a good draft, what does that say? means I'm not a good drafter. That's exactly what it would say. So, you had the second best draft. I think... Um, I do have a question for you. If I hadn't taken Roderick Robinson at 106, would he have made it to me at 203? At 203. So, give me a quick second. So, you took Roderick Robinson at 6... Then I took Jonte Cook at seven. Then Nico, then Talon, then Ennis. Uh, yeah, if, if Justice Haynes was there, I was going to take Justice Haynes. I wasn't anticipating uh, Justice Haynes there, and I was kind of planning on taking Mikai Lemon uh, there at 201. Initially, kind of how I thought the draft would play out. Because so Makai Lemon's one of my question, like, could I go Justice Haynes at 106 and still get Roderick Robinson at 203? Gotcha. Um, if you would have taken Justice Haynes at 106, I would have taken Makai. Uh, let's see here. How did I do that? Yeah, I would have taken Makai Lemon at 201, and I would have passed on Roderick Robinson. So, yeah, I could add one more running back. Basically, my whole strategy with this running back class, it was so top-heavy. There were only, like, five that I really wanted. And then once those five were gone, I didn't really care about them anymore. That was me, and I had two. Yeah. And it was Cedric Baxter and Justice Haynes. And I just thought Justice Haynes would go sooner. I honestly thought he would go to Brett. But then once he took Taylor Green, I was like, oh, well, I might get Brandon Ennis. I'll I'll do that, and then he took Brandon Ennis, and I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll take Justice Haynes, and then yeah. at that point, then I was just over uh, freshman running backs, and I didn't didn't really ever look. If Kedrick Roscano would have kept dropping, yeah, I would have traded back up to get him. That would have been the about it, because he went somewhere in the mid eighth. Yeah, because I think my top five were. Um different order but like Roderick Robinson Selden Caleb Jackson Justice Haynes Cedric Baxter those were the five once they were gone I really didn't care about any of the freshman running backs to be honest so that was kind of my strategy was like okay how do I get a good chunk of them and then I can just go and move on to other positions gotcha so I did really like your pick of Jamari Thrash it was like one pick before I was going to take him Ooh. Yeah, I was actually planning again. I kind of thought, "Here's how the draft is going to go." I was going to take Jamari's Thrash in the second round. Yeah, I think he's going to smash. I was going to take him in the second round, and then I decided not. There was value dropping, and then I traded up. I got uh, 
when I traded up, it was to get uh, Squirrel White. And I think I also got 504 with that pick. Uh, and I was debating to get Jamari Thrash there. Um, but I decided to wait and go get Squirrel because I wanted a part of that Tennessee offense. Yeah, I was planning on going Jamari Thrash at 506. Instead, I had to go Alex Adams, who I don't like as much. But If you're not familiar with Alex Adams' group, he's uh, wide receiver, went to LSU, was in with uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, just couldn't crack it. Apparently not good enough, you know, to beat those guys out, those scrubs in the NFL. Uh, and then he's over there at Akron, and he actually did pretty pretty well this last year. So guy to keep a lookout for. Yeah, I think he should produce well. It's just tough going G5 to, like, getting NFL exposure. So would have preferred to have Jamari Thrash playing in Power 5. But, yeah, I liked your draft. Um, the only well, – Yeah, what did you hate? What did you hate? It's not hate, but, like, Jaden Greathouse, he's kind of your guy. I thought that was really early, but yeah, I I just I knew I had to take him before Chad at some point, and I wasn't smart enough to look at when Chad was picking next, which is like the seventh round. <laughs> so I could I could have waited, but he was my guy. I've been touting him for a while. Just thought it'd be higher than everybody, and I he's definitely a question mark as to is he athletic enough. Is he what's he going to do in the NFL? But I was like, well, he did pretty well at Texas football. He's going to Notre Dame. He's got Sam Hartman this year. I don't know really what the future holds for Notre Dame, if it's Kenny Minchie or, or who it's going to be. And the wide receiver room is pretty bare. So at least maybe get some production out of him. We'll see. But yeah, I would think that he's actually going to probably produce really well for you. At Notre Dame, because usually their wide receiver, whoever is their leading receiver, whether it's a tight end or a wide receiver, they pepper that guy with the ball. So if he can carve out that role, he's at least going to be a college producer for you. Yeah, I just don't know if his athleticism is going to let him do that in the NFL. I agree. Take him in the second round. That's kind of the. Yeah, you want, you know, kind of hoping to get Debbie guys there in the second, but yeah, yeah. had to go get him. Because at that point, I didn't have a four, five, five, so I was waiting until the seventh round, which I probably would not get him, and I just wanted to leave the draft with him. Yep. All right, Jacob. So you I, think I had the best draft. You had the best oh. draft. I wonder what the haters have to say about the booger man. I just can't. I just can't wait for them to come out with their little power rankings. They're like, Jacob moved up one spot. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I felt I felt like I was I had electricity running through me during this draft. I could feel the earth spinning. <laughs> so, what was your? I'm trying to. I guess I'll I'll look at your roster and tell you what I like or did not like. Um, so I think the thing I liked the most is getting the UCLA running back in the 14th round. Maybe a close second, maybe first you got Kavarian Barnes in the 803 going to be a college producing uh, running back. And Jacob, you are all about Debbie guys. 
And, and you went out on a limb and you got a couple college producers. I'm just glad to see you starting to slowly make a change. So I'll, tell you two, I'll tell you the two picks that actually like were painful or the three that were painful for me to make, but they had to be done. It was when I went Alex Adams, Antoine Wells, and Jeremiah Hunter. Really? Yeah. Three in a row. Three in a row, but like none of them are going to be early declares. One plays in the G5. They're all wide receivers. So those things matter for wide receivers, like for production in the NFL. But I'm like, okay. Somehow, Aronde Gadsden and Riley Leonard kind of fell into my lap in the third round. Am I going to waste them by not going after a college championship? And I chose not to waste their talents, okay? Because I'm selfless, and I'm a giver. And so I gave them these three um, college producers who still have – I mean, they still have a shot at getting drafted and all that. But realistically, we're talking about people you know, guys who are probably going to be like wide receiver threes, maybe in the NFL for a few years. I uh, also liked the Curtis Rorick pick at 607, assuming he is healthy off of his torn ACL, but happened late in the season. So I'm a little bit. He's practicing, he's practicing but they didn't play him in the spring game. So it's not like 100%, I guess, yet. But um, and MJ Morris, I'm a big fan of MJ Morris at NC State. Uh, got there at six ten. Things I'm not a fan of. Nothing. But I can't like can't knock it too much. Is Jaron Hamilton, freshman at Alabama. It's an Alabama wide receiver. Ten oh three. It's kind of whatever. So I got to look at the top of it. I'm gonna go with Cordell Russell. He's a freak athlete. Going to TCU, freshman, broke his collarbone, should be fine. But they hyped up um, DJ Allen last year, and nothing happened to DJ Allen. Um, they're kind of hyping up Cordell Russell. I'm curious if the same thing's going to happen or if he's going to be able to see the field. Um, so a, a, a freak athlete who might not be pan out year one type thing. Um, And then, like like you said, the Malik Benson, I'm just kind of out right now on Alabama wide receivers. I actually liked the Antoine Wells at 602. And then I'm out on Gadsden. Like I get the, I get the positional advantage, but I, you see an NFL future for him. I do not. So, not a fan of that. I also thought it was why, early on. Why is that? Because I think he's a tweener. I just don't think he's he's like between that tight end and wide receiver. And I just I, it's almost being like it's almost being like Brock Bowers. I'm not sure about his NFL future. <laughs> he's going to actually get drafted in the first round, though. So is Gatson. No, he's not. Yeah, first overall, dude. <laughs> not gonna get drafted. Um, also tonight, he's getting I, drafted. He's not getting drafted in the first round. You say that with a lot of confidence, and I don't think you should. I feel pretty confident about it. Why? Because 
I know all. I've got a future. I've got a magic eight ball here, and it told me so. I mean, does it help? Like, if he goes to the combine and he's two fifteen six four, he's gonna have to play wide receiver, and I don't think he goes in the first round. Okay. I'm just I'm just wondering like what what Quentin Johnston did that was so different than what Gadsden is on pace to be doing. I just don't think Gadsden does any one thing particularly well. I feel like Quentin Johnston had speed and he could go up and get the ball. Mainly his speed though. So I feel like Quentin Johnston at least has like one thing that he can hang his hat on. What does Gadsden do extremely well better than anybody else in the class? Sounds good. I could ask the same thing for Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, we'll uh, we'll see if Marvin Harrison goes in front oh, of Ronda Gadsden in the first round. We'll I'm see. saying, I'm saying, you're basically saying that you don't see any NFL upside, and then the reasoning is, well, I don't see it on the tape, but all the numbers say that there's absolutely NFL upside. Guess we'll have to wait for a year and find out. Yeah, I guess maybe. This will be a whole Zay, Zay Flowers conversation. Maybe. Maybe. He looks the most electric to me. Watch him go out there this year and not do anything. Who says he's the most electric? It's all It's all over. Okay. I thought you said it was coming from me. No, not, not you. But I'm just saying. I'm a, uh, numbers, I'm a numbers person, okay? I want to hear about uh, Nathan Leacox at 407. Mm-hmm. Why pull the trigger on him? I know you're high on him. I want to yes. hear why. I only had 11 wide receivers. Same thing that I did with the running backs. I had five running backs. I had 11 wide receivers that I was willing to draft, and I got three of them. So he was one of them. Nathan Leacock is – he was hard for me in evaluating because, like, he just ran, like, go routes, and I couldn't, like – he's either going to be, like, extremely awesome or, like – not not good, and I can't tell which one. Which one do you think? Extremely awesome? I mean, I don't know. We got to let him play. Let the numbers say what they say. All right. All Just right. He has NFL size and athleticism. So that is our five burning questions with Jacob Belleville. So, Jacob you, dis, so we, this is an honest question. When you're watching these guys, do you discount like him for running a lot of go routes? Do I discount it? Yes. Did you Dep- do that with John Tay Cook? Yes. Gotcha. This is I, what I mean. I discounted it, but then I also take in the stats. Um, John Tay Cook also lit it up, but then I also look at strength of schedule. I don't remember what um, – Nathan Leacock's strength of schedule is, but it's like also, you know, I'm going to keep doing it over and over until you stop me. It's just like running plays in Madden. So I can't tell, hey, he just does this extremely well. He's got that one thing he can hang his cap on and he just does it over and over. I don't know. Yeah. My whole thing with just like high school and their how they were used, everything like that is like it's not indicative of what they can always do just because high schools if you think colleges are about systems 
high schools are even more so. I agree. Like, <laughs> I mean, when I was in high school, we ran a wing tee. We threw the ball six times a game. Offensive linemen love that, though. Yeah. And we always had a good offensive line, but none of our offensive linemen went D1. The reason for that is because they were all little fast guards who could pull and trap block. Like, it's not indicative. Like, just because we ran the ball very well in high school doesn't mean our running back was better. Doesn't mean our offensive linemen were all that much better. It's just, it was the system. Pizzetti. It's Pizzetti magic. Just saying. Is he still coaching, by the way? I think so. Jeez. That guy's got to be like 80. 85. Yep. All right, Jacob. Well, for you not being on the podcast, you ate up about 40 minutes. So, I mean, you might as well be the star of this. We'll see how much uh, Tweet Talks. I think I am weekly. The weekly A-lister? Is that what maybe you are? Mm. The weekly talent. Weekly talent that gets brought. <laughs> hey, since you're not going to be on the show, I just want to remind you mm-hmm. to start your studs and don't hate the player, hate the game. And I'm Triple H. I don't get it.